whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Women in Gridiron Show. Guys, it's that time of year again. It's recruitment season, and we are kicking off our huddle episodes this year by featuring a powerhouse in the GQ League, the Bayside Ravens. I've got Christy, Beck, Nat tonight. Uh, No Danny, but Christy has been warned to not spruik her club too hard, so to even out her next-level energy, we have a special guest, Alex Ahrens, on tonight. Welcome, Alex. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. How exciting to be here. Glad you could make it. Uh, guys, our warm-up question tonight goes out to all of those who spend warm-ups with their AirPods in their ears, cranking out the tunes that get them hyped before game day. Beck, you were notorious for getting your vibe on before game day. I want to know what was blasting through your headphones that got you so hyped? Yeah, I, I do love a good pre-game playlist that gets me in the mood, hyped up, you know, I'm one of those types that had headphones on and gets into my zone, usually listening to, you know, a bit of rap, a bit of R&B, um, you know, those type of songs that we talk about, you know, murdering people and hitting them hard and all that fun stuff that we get to do on defence. <laughs> murdering people, hitting them hard, love it, love it. Nat. As an O-line, do you also listen to the songs with the same kind of energy or are you a little bit more like laid back? Uh, Yes and no. I like to go noise-cancelling headphones right up until probably about like five minutes before and then I like to get amped up and usually it's um, whatever's playing on the the team playlist, Spotify playlist, which is pretty varied, like probably goes from like Daryl Braithwaite, you know, Horses to like Britney Spears and then it'll go Fleetwood Mac. Like it just depends what's playing. I'm usually, but yeah, I usually buy into that like the last kind of five minutes before I got to get amped and go out. Love it. You love a bit of horses. I don't think that there's many songs that can get a whole team hyped up uh, as well as Daryl Braithwaite. Uh, Christy, are you a, are you a listener? I, I've never seen you wearing the headphones or doing that whole thing. Like, do you listen to music or? No, I'm one of those people who leave it up to my team. So we, we uh, in that locker room, have the team Spotify playlist. Uh, so sometimes, some seasons it's good, some t- seasons it's questionable. I won't lie, but you can, I was just talking before uh, the show to the girls about the differences between uh, the defence, wanting to kill people, uh, a vibe, and the probably the more calm, hopefully calculated offence that are, uh, probably have the different uh, eclectic lists there. But for other... The one song, um, pregame song, that really got me was actually the one in Chicago. Now, it does help that it was led by a an actual professional singer in Semi Grasafi, but it was Man in the Mirror um, by Michael Jackson. And um, it was, uh, Beck said earlier, it's um, one of those songs that works for both sides, offence and defence. It was just an amazing feeling and we sang it as a team in the locker room before we filed out, so it was awesome. Still oh, man, get goosebumps from it. That's that's giving me goosebumps right now. I can like, yeah, I'm grooving along to that. I like that a lot. Alex, are you heavy metal, hip hop? Are we? Chill? I'm a little different. I uh, on the way to the games, I listen to a '80s rock anthem playlist. That's that's my pre uh, yes. game ritual. That's that a vibe. Drinking my '80s playlist. 
And then, yeah, when we get into the locker room, it's whatever the team's listening to. And sometimes it can be, yeah, musical, musical whiplash, but it's always a good time. I think, <laughs> I think some people like the, like to hog the, uh, the Spotify, but as long as everyone gets an input, then it's, we're just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, look, you know, music has that, you know, amazing ability to to bring a team together and, you know, you guys are going to laugh, like really laugh, but like our team song in like 2016 was Sorry by Justin Bieber. Like that was in the, <laughs> I know the faces, it, it was in the locker room. Um, I, it wasn't like a pump up song. It just was just one of those songs that we all got really into and still to this day I hear it and it reminds me of a season that was, was amazing, super special team. We ended up winning a championship on that one. Um, the other notable song uh, that I have to give you guys is um, I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. Never going to forget rolling up to nationals in our team bus, uh, singing our lungs out to the most chill song ever. But, hey, whatever works. Yes, I think for, those, for people who haven't played sport before or a team sport, to understand the locker room vibe is next level. And if you're going to join a sport, Gridiron's probably got some of the best locker room vibes you're going to get, got to say. Indeed, indeed. All right, guys, let's hit our first segment as hard as some of those tracks. This is The Huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We hit. Is that all you got? If you think it's only a man's game, well, you're sadly mistaken. Go! Football is the exact opposite. Three, two, one, go! Women can be aggressive. They can be physical. Tonight, we are talking Bayside Ravens. Like I said before, it's recruitment season. So we wanted to use this segment to help get the word out about clubs around the country. And Bayside is a perennial powerhouse in the GQ competition. It's also really special as we're hopefully going to see football back in the Sunshine State after a long, long two years. Now, Christy, for those who don't know, tell us some history, some fun facts about the Bayside Ravens. Um, so Bayside Ravens are quite a successful club, um, particularly in the last three years for the men, but the women have won uh, two championships um, and they only started with their first women's team in 2015. So, And they were in the semifinal for that first um that first season that they had. So that was impressive to come in against the likes of the Jets and the Stingrays, um, quite established teams. And they've, they've been a powerhouse ever since. So, um, yeah, the, their history is a good one. Um, and I think that that shows some of the club structure and work that's gone on in the last few years. Yeah. And, Alex, talk to us about how you first got involved with the Ravens. Um. I first got involved back in 2018. That was my first season. And I had been looking at it for a number of years. So I was I was in the army for a while and things just weren't lining up for me sports-wise. It was going to be very hard for me to, um, to, to play. Initially, I had eyes on uh, the Mitchelton Ryans, uh, Rhinos. And, um, yeah, it took me a number of years to actually get in contact with the team. Uh, just reached out to them on Facebook and they said, yeah, these are our training days and come down, have a go. And, yeah, pretty much hooked from week one. 
It's kind of the way that it goes, though. I mean, you, you talk to anyone who starts playing, especially gridiron, and they go, look, I just gave it one go and, and I was hooked from there. But I guess the more important question is, why do you stay? Stay for the people, I think. The people, the team culture, um, the the friendships and the connections that you built. I would say that my probably my best friends now are all from from Gridiron, so that's that would be the major reason. Yeah, I mean we spend so much time together. Uh, you know, hours upon hours per week, and if we're not on the field together, we're going over play, uh, plays, we're going over film, we're, we're chatting football all the time. So it's only natural that, you know, the relationships that you build in Gridiron, and we've spoken about it before, are unlike any other sport. Christy, what's the vision for 2022 season? Are you guys anticipating an influx of players? Do you have many vets returning or, is, or are you anticipating a bit of a struggle when it comes to recruitment this year? Look, I think it is really hard to predict. Um, We do have a good, probably at the moment, one of the best, I guess, uh, core players that are staying on. Um, We were the team that was probably ready to go uh, in the last season. Um, It was... uh, Whilst we were lower numbers, we were doing better than most. So I'm hoping it's hard to keep people interested over a time because people do go off to other sports or do other things and life happens. But um, we, one thing about our club that I really like is that it is one club. So we train with the men's, which sounds intimidating at first, but isn't. It means that we're using the, the experience of those guys to do, it's all about good football and it's all about from the the basic techniques right through. So um, uh, uh, even the rookies are getting some of the best coaching that you can get um, from players who have played, who are currently playing. Um, and we use, and, and that happens at a club level, and then we do that at a, at a, at a team level as well. So we have Alex very much leading um, the O-line, um, and we have a lot of veterans that are on defence, and we have some good QBs, and, um, you know, so we utilise those people to lead. So rookies really do um, come in and have a quick uptake which I think is really important too so we want to we're open absolutely open for more rookies and like Alex said it takes a while to convert to to have the bravery to come in and actually go down for a training session but once people come down and they start to learn they start to progress and they start to understand the game um, from some of the best it's really quite helpful. I love that. And I mean, I'm, I'm keen. Can you guys talk to us about um, like, what's the coaching like down at Ravens? Like, is it pretty stable? Do you guys have a lot of turnover in coaches? Like, what, how does that work for you guys? It's actually really interesting. And Alex, you can put your opinion in too, but um, we have different people in sort of the head coach positions and things like that, but it, it doesn't have too much of an impact usually because we rely, we teach each other. Um, so like I said, we have like the likes of Jared Stegman looking after all the QBs, whether you're a cult, a female or, or a male. Um, we have the likes of Ben Stokes in the DBs and Brewer. Um, and, and it doesn't matter if you're male or female either. Like I take the running backs. I take the men running backs. I take uh, the females, the Colts, whatever. So, um the coaching is stable in that sense because we're using our experience. Yeah, I love that. Most of the teams that I've been a part of, we have trained holistically 
as a club rather than individual teams. And you can see the benefits that you do get from having the experience of those, you know, older players in those coaching positions for each position rather than having to rely on one or two coaches to coach an entire team. Do you find it, though, that some rookies come down and are, like, slightly intimidated and a bit standoffish, you know, being a female coming and training with men? Has that ever been an issue or raised as an issue for them returning? Um, I, I don't think so because uh, our guys are so used to working in with the women from all experiences. But I'll let Alex have a chat because she was, you know, started in 2018, so it wasn't that long ago that she was a rookie herself down there. Alex? Um, yeah, no, I, I think the way that our, our, like our positional coaches approach it, it's, it, they they make everyone feel welcome. So like all the the young guys, all the way through the women, all the way through like uh, rookie men, um, the way they approach their coaching and the the personalities that we have in coaching makes it a really approachable and really friendly. Um, it's so we don't have any issues um, with you know personalities. Um, or, or or power struggles in the club. Uh, it's just it's just a friendly place to be. It's a, it's just a fun place to be. Yeah, I really love that because you know you don't go to play sports to not have a good time and not enjoy yourself. So being able to go to an environment where you can be yourself, be comfortable, and be welcomed with a friendly coach and players is awesome. Um, I had a question. You brought up you know positional coaching and stuff like that. Do you guys get a say in the positions that you get to go and play? Because I know you know in some teams it's kind of like this is where we need you, so this is what you have to play, or you know this you know position is lacking. We'd prefer you over here. Is is it kind of like that, or do you kind of get to go? I'd prefer to play this position. This is where I'd I'd, I'd like to play. Um, I found it's a little bit of both. Um. You'll probably, I've seen rookies come in and they'll get suggested where uh, where coaches would like to start them, but they've always had uh, opportunities to sort of branch out and move around and explore what's good for them in the sport. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's probably 50-50 in that regard. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think rookies, you can sort of, they probably need some guidance as to what position they'd best be fitted for. Um, and I think we've we've all, most of us there have been around long enough to have a look at someone and sort of be able to tell from their athletic level or their strengths um, where would best be for them. But one of the great things that we do um, in pre-season is we have positional um, training and we rotate and everybody gets a taste of all of them. At the moment, we're having um, come and try days, which are very much set up like that so that people can get not only get an idea of what they need to do in, um, you know, lineman position or whatever, but they start to understand what a running back has to do and how that feels and what their, what skills they need and what, and you start to learn what strengths each position brings. So it really kind of opens up your, um, your vision and understanding of how different players and positions contribute to an overall play. You know, and, and I think the interesting thing is that, you know, you could have been playing, you know, in your position for two two years, two, three years, and then all of a sudden you end up in another position for some reason, either you're just stepping in or, or you know, you've got that experience that you can go, oh, yeah, I, I think I know what I'm doing. And all of a sudden that you you find your position. And I think finding your position is one of the best feelings that you could possibly have in this sport because like 
I've said it myself. I had a, you know, a football identity crisis going from quarterback to defensive back. And once I made that change, I was just like, oh my God, my whole world opened up, changed my life. Like it was just, it was a real thing. Yeah. And I, I think just on that stage, you know, Alex, I'm keen to hear, I know you play a lot of O-line. I've seen some of your huddle feel. I've seen you play a bit of D-line. How did you kind of fall into the O-line position? And I suppose, is that where you want it? Is that where you love playing? Is that, or are you a bit of a D-line dark horse or talk to us about that? Uh, so positional wise, I kind of started my first season um, floating between both O-line and D-line. Um, played a lot of my first season on D-line rather than O-line, uh, and then similarly for a need of personnel, moved across to O-line in my second season and kind of haven't looked back and kind of dabbled back on the back on D-line because it can be a bit of – really enjoy the tactical side of the O-line and the camaraderie that the O-line has. You speak so, in all yeah, of Nat's, Nat's favourite words content. right there. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's awesome. And I think um, that's a good point because we've spoken before on the podcast about um, doing the um, position, oppositional position to yours on the OOD that can complement your understanding and get you better at your role. And I find that, um, but I do find that like we've playlist that there are different temperament um, in different positions, particularly on O and on D and O line and D line. Um, and I find uh, uh, my opinion of Alex is she does have that that temperament um, and she does like that strategic and tactical stuff, which makes her um, not just a good physical player, but a clever player as well, um, but can be utilised um, D line as well, and often you'll need players to do both. We we know that, um, and that's part of that when we do that positional rotation is um, seeing what you could be your um, other position because a lot of the times we play more than one position. Um, so, and you know me when those linebacker drills are up, I am trying really hard to impress. Um, meanwhile, Alex is over there uh, impressing in running back, and um, she she can run the ball. Um, she's she's a north south. I'm waiting for my opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I told her to calm down and not be good at it. Aren't we all though, Alex? Aren't, or, uh, isn't every lineman waiting for their every, opportunity? Every lineman's every lineman's dream is to have the opportunity to run the ball. <laughs> I honestly, like, we all play in a position that we're like, really good at or like, you know, we've played for a long time but have this like secret hidden want to just do something different. Like, yeah, I love it. And I think we also have to give, you know, Alex a bit of props here because, you know, she has been selected in the Outback team. So congratulations for that. You know, golf claps all around for that one. Uh, talk, to us about, talk to us about how uh, obviously you started with Ravens in 2018 um, you know, how did the how did the coaching at the club kind of prepare you for this moment? And I guess obviously not having played in the last couple of seasons up there, how were you able to uh, keep up with your skills and keep up with your knowledge that you were able to make the squad? Um, I think that comes down to the the, the Ravens club. Um, even when we weren't going to have a season, the club still invited us to come down. Uh, participate as much as possible. The coaches were still involved with our development as individual players. Um, so we had all the opportunity. It was it was just up to the individual players to grab it at that stage. 
um, it was it was disappointing not to have a season last year. Um, but I think a lot of the team sort of stayed together because of those opportunities we were given to keep training. Actually, Alex, you touch on a good point that um, talks to the Ravens um, team or club atmosphere. So we, like I said, we had a team pretty much ready to go. We had work to do, but pretty much ready to go. Unfortunately, the rest of the league, a lot of a lot of stuff had happened. Um, and um, so we were pretty disappointed. We came down to training, to be told. And what happened was um, we got told um, and we had the whole men's and Colts team around us when it was announced that we would not have a season and they made the announcement together as a group and said, ladies, you make us better. Please keep coming down to training. Please keep coming down and doing um, your drills and skills. Uh, We want you here. We will continue coaching you, training with you. Obviously, they need to go do their playbook stuff at some point. So as a team, there was a group of us that when we could, we'd go down, we'd do the skills and drills, and then we'd go up to the pub and have a team lunch, team dinner, so and maybe a bevy. So it was really, really good. So that's how um, a lot of the we've got those people coming back. Those and that's really, really important. I'm really proud of the club and the the, the men's and the Colts teams for doing that. Yeah, I love that. I, I love I love that, Kay. And I guess I'm keen, you know, Alex, to understand is that helping you prepare for Finland? Is that um, what is you kind of how are you preparing? I guess um, is it part of the club? Is it you know how are you preparing? Uh, so preparations for us at the moment is um, training as the, the like the state squads, so all the Queensland players that have been selected in the area. Um, we have training sessions. We've been invited to use um, the Ravens space and um, utilise some of the Ravens coaches. I'm not sure how that's going to work going forward in terms of what sort of field space and availability that we have. Um, but I know that the coaches that I've spoken with are very much um, excited to be involved with the individual players uh, being selected from Queensland to go. Yeah, perfect. I mean, also too, like, Chrissy, I just wanted to talk briefly about um, your coach, Gerard. Now, I'm not entirely sure if he's going to be coming back this year. I mean, I don't even know if you guys know what's going on with that as well, Um, but you know, he's so highly regarded and the work that he did with you guys as a unit uh, really stood out over the last couple of seasons. Talk to us about why Gerard was such an amazing coach and hopefully if he's coming back this year, why he will continue to lead the Ravens on to bigger and better things. Well, we nag Gerard every season, um, but a part of why he stepped away was because he did achieve so much and it was taxing. He did put a lot of effort into it. He put he put his whole heart and soul into it and got heart and soul back from the team. Um, I think a lot of it was, and he did it on his own. Um, there were a couple of years there where he didn't have positional coaches. So he relied on leaders on the team. So he created that leadership group um, and, you know, rely, you know, trusted and relied and empowered players to um, help out from coaching and leading point of view Um, but I think what he also did really well was uh, we've, we've spoken about it before coaching women is different um, so he did a couple of things. So he did, would do these great little videos on huddle where he actually moved pieces around. So it wasn't just a static playbook. It was actually showing, you know, scenarios so that that conceptual stuff 
could be understood. And we've talked about understanding a play versus understanding the whole concept. Um, so I think that was great. Uh, that was great work to uh, lift everyone's football IQ up to the same level. Um, he also pushes the envelope like um, we, you know, he was the first coach for us that did, you know, so many different defensive coverages. He loves defence as well as offence as well. Um, but he also is very good at enlisting people to help out. So he had a few experts come in and help us out as well. And the second uh, thing is that he is very good at understanding the strengths of his players and he sets it up for that. Um, so when you have the likes of myself and Kestra in the backs, don't just use us as running backs, put us in together as wildcat, you know, doing those sorts of things and being a bit tricky and a bit fun with stuff. Um, you know, I, like I said, there was one grand final where we had didn't have the same QB for the first half of the first quarter. Um, you know, so really, and we work towards that from the start. So he has a vision, he follows it through, he takes you on it and he has some, um, and he makes people have different responsibilities and roles. And I think that really worked for us. All right, guys, I have, I have to give you, you and Alex the floor, Christy, because I need you guys to give us your elevator pitch for any potential rookies thinking about coming down this season. Alex, what are you telling him? Convince them to come down this season. All right, Will on the spot, but uh, look, you you come down, you'll have the best time, uh, you'll meet the greatest people, and you'll walk away feeling satisfied with yourself, satisfied with the challenge that the sport presents, um, and you'll achieve things that you might not have thought that you would have done on a football field uh, or a sporting field. It's a, it is a satisfying sport, and it's a, it's a great culture to be a part of. On the spot, my butt, that was incredibly well-crafted. You should be in sales. Moran, give us your elevator pitch. Okay, so um, what I love about the Ravens is that they love football and it doesn't matter who it is, you come down and you're interested, um, you'll and you'll walk away loving it and you will love what you're able to do. You'll be empowered, you'll be stronger, you'll be better and you'll meet a great bunch of people and learn a lot and you will be addicted. So be ready for it to take over your life, basically. Love it. Love all of that. Uh, guys, how can anyone get in contact with you if they are interested in starting up? I'm assuming the usual Facebook pages, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, so we're on all the social medias, um, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we have a few of the, the players that look after that, so they should contact or contact myself um, or any of the panel here or Alex directly. We're happy to help. We have that as well. It's easy. Just reach out and uh, we'll talk you through how to get down there and when and when the next um, come and try day is. So get come down, try it out, um, fall in love with it. Love it. All right, guys. Let's... Wrap this one up and roll into our final segment of the night, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, guys. This is Rapid Fire and the final installment of our All-Australian nominations, which is the coveted linebacker position. Now, we've had some amazing linebackers come through the system over the years. All of them hit like a tongue and a bricks, but 
I want to know what you guys' uh, thoughts are on this one. I mean, there's there's so many to choose from. I want to know how we're, you know, nailing this one down. Christy, I know you've got someone that's a little bit um, unknown, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, unless you've played against her, she's probably unknown. Um, and then I have a long list here. I obviously get hit well by a lot of people. But it's actually a former player, Anastasia Ione. So she was number 38, I think, for the Stingrays. Um, and she's just one of those people who just hits through. She's one of the people, I, obviously, I'm an evasive running back, so I try to make sure that you don't get quite of a purchase on me um, to be able to hit me hard. She hit through me and she was great. Um, one of the things that she often when I get tackled, people cheer, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't. She just gets up like, yep, did my job. I'll go again. And so I just went, oh, you're good. And oh, yep. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Hopefully, you know, we get to see you in action again sometime soon. Beck, uh, who have you got? Coveted linebacker, All-Australian nomination. Yeah, slightly similar player to how uh, Christy has nominated. Kirsty Bridge from the UNSW Raiders. I feel like she's just one of those players that once she hits you once, you never forget. Um, she's so solidly built, so aggressive, so elusive. Like, you, yeah, you have to evade her because otherwise she's killing you. And, you know, we were speaking before about, you know, Nat's come up against her and she doesn't ever forget her. She's one of those players on the field where, yeah, once you get hit by her, you avoid her as much as possible because she's just so aggressive. And she's so fast. Uh, you know, the thing with Bridgie is she goes from zero to 100 so fast that you actually don't have enough time to comprehend that she's about to hit you. Um, yeah, I've yeah, been on and the her closing speed is, is so ridiculous. accurate to her tackle positioning as well. It's not like she's overrunning and over pursuing. Like her closing speed is so fast and she's in the right place at the right time to hit you just in that soft spot where it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just as you said that, I felt my ribs kind of just go a little <laughs> bit because hit me a couple of times in the, in the sweet spot. Nat, uh, Obviously, you've been hit by Bridgie, the brick wall, but uh, who else have you got here? Yeah, look, I felt my ribs hurt too, let's be honest. But, um, look, I'm going to go a bit of a um, – anyone who's played in Vic would um, have heard of Rochelle Crankston or favourably known as Rocky. Um, uh, I think, look – absolute um, beast on field. I think the way that she's able to get to the ball and I think the 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 power that she brings from that linebacker position actually makes people, um, I guess, probably a bit – it puts fear into offences and I think it, it makes them fumble the ball and that type of thing. So I've seen a lot of centres um, when they've seen Rocky in there, you know, in front of them, you know, not even able to snap the ball or fumble the ball. So I think it's, um, it's only fair that I call her out from, from a Vic perspective. Now, Rocky's been playing AFLW for the last, like, four or five years, right? And I think that um, yep. she, she's got one of these – she's got this iconic photo that you'll have to go back a couple of years to find, but it's actually her hurdling someone with the ball. And I'm like, oh, my God, who is who is this girl? Uh, but, yeah, if you get the chance to watch her, her old film, she's uh, a beast, like Nat said. But also you can catch her on the AFLW. Go watch yep. her anytime. Um you know, for me, I have I've got a long list, just like everybody else. I've been hit by some amazing women in my time, but I have to give a shout out to uh, Brandy Klukas, uh, one of the smartest players that I've ever met, uh, one of the hardest hitters, and one that just does not give up on a play. Um, 
been selected again for the Australian team, made a massive effort um, in 2018 Nationals. Uh, so Brandy is my number one for that one. But I also have to give a couple of honourable mentions to Ella Briscoe, who made that transition from linebacker to uh, from quarterback to linebacker a couple of years ago, uh, who you know, famously chased down one of the fastest players in Australia, Teresa Eldama, uh, in 2018, uh, which is her highlight, I think, of her entire career. Shara Phillips uh, killing it over in the US at the moment. And Ashley Brewer, um, you know, someone who you probably wouldn't think to be a really menacing kind of linebacker, but she really is. Uh, she gets, gets in there and gets hard. Alex, who have you got? You've got the final call here. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go from uh, the perspective of uh, standing on the O-line and, and seeing a quite menacing uh, middle linebacker come down and uh, be very threatening, uh, particularly to rookie O-linemen, and that's uh, Liz Patu. She has a presence about her uh, that makes her intimidating. Um, you, you, always, you will look out for her, you'll call her out. Um, and I enjoy the challenge of going up against her and going going to chase her down for a block. Um, a very physical player, uh, hits hard, and, uh, yeah, I think that Liz Patu is my shout for this one. She's fast too, so she She's can fast. move. She's like a, a, yeah, a train coming at you. I mean, and she just made history, right, correct? So she's just she's now the most capped Wallaroos player of all time with 25 caps. Uh, correct in rugby so you know well done Liz Patu again we're just shouting out these athletes that are dual code amazing athletes uh you know gridiron is for everybody uh so come on down give it a go if anything it enhances other sports and we've done episodes on that before uh but that's it for us guys tonight uh thanks Alex for coming on board it was it was great to have you and um good luck for Finland Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, uh, this has been fun. Yeah, good. It's always fun when you come on board. Um, but, yeah, as always, give this episode a download if you like what you heard. Uh, we are still on the lookout for clubs to get involved, so we want to cover your club. Uh, so get in touch with us. You can hit us up on the socials. We are on all platforms. You can message any of the panellists here. You can see our tags uh, on our Instagram uh, if you want us to feature your clubs for this recruitment season. Give us a comment if you're liking anything that we're doing. Um, but, yeah, we love hearing from you guys. So And you guys have been so supportive of what we have done so far. So if you really, 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 really like us, give us a five on the Spotify reviews. And until next week, we will see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.